Gordon might have to wrestle a few people down. Johnny, how are you, brother? See you, Johnny. Thanks for the love. Appreciate it. <laughs> Nobody else came up and gave me a high five. <laughs> there we go. It's funny that Miriam came up. Paul, though, stayed in his seat. Yeah. Well, praise God. Yes, God is good. All the time, God is good. Isn't it exciting to belong to a life-giving church? Whatever church you, you belong to, if it's a life-giving church, it's exciting to be in relationship with God and to belong to a, a local church. I commend you all. <laughs> well, as you heard, the title of my message this morning is Grace Plus Revelation Equals Revolution. I'm really, I really believe that grace is... A hot, a hot topic for us always, but at the moment it is definitely a hot topic. Grace is the foundation of the gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ is our Lord, our Saviour and our Deliverer. And um, this morning at the 9am service, how many people were at the 9am service? Hands up. Okay. A few early risers. <laughs> During the week when I was writing this message, God impressed upon me that it, I wasn't meant to speak this morning, that it wasn't me that was meant to speak this morning. And so... Um, I rang my brother, but he didn't answer. <laughs> now, I just felt that there was something else that was supposed to happen this morning, and so we shared testimonies amongst the people that were there. And um, it was a very, very powerful moment in time for us to share on the grace of God in our lives and some really, um, really powerful, moving stuff shared. You know, God... Each and every person in this room can think of a time that God has applied his grace in your life, apart from salvation. Times that he's lifted you out of something or carried you through something. And um, hearing about that this morning was, was really powerful and, and it kind of it makes a mockery of what I'm going to speak this morning because uh, God moved so, so easily this morning and had his way. In a, so Lord, I just pray, Father, that in this service, Lord God, that your word is spoken, Lord God, and is delivered by your Holy Spirit exactly how it's meant to come out. Father, the people in this room are here by design and not by accident. It's not a coincidence that they're here in this room this morning. The people that hear this on the website, if it has been recorded, then they are the same. Father, this is a moment in time for us as a group. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you just have your way, that I wouldn't get in the way, Lord Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome, Richard Jabo. <laughs> Richard plays... Keys with a massive anointing on his life. He's a worshipper. Has been in this church for 30 odd years, maybe 25, 30 years. More. How old is Richard? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Praise God, Richard looks good for his age. No, Richard is a worshipper. And if you don't know Richard, he is a constant source of encouragement. And support for the people around him. He's been in, I've been in the team with him now since 2008, and he is a constant source of encouragement and fun for us at practice and on stage. And uh, obviously, he brings um, some real skill to the band as well. So, praise God for Richard Jabo. Yeah. That was a real fractured clap. <laughs> Can we go again? Praise God for Richard. <laughs> Uh, 
Well, I mentioned that um, grace is the gospel of God. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the foundation of, of freedom for mankind. And uh, the title is Grace Plus Revelation Equals Revolution. Grace, I'm going to go through this, and I know it's reasonably basic for you guys, but grace is the unmerited favor of God. It is his love for you, his acceptance, and his forgiveness for every sin that you've ever committed and every sin that you ever will commit. It's his unmerited favor. God likes you, he loves you, he's rooting for you, he's on your side. Revelation is just God revealing something to you about himself. That's how we apply it as Christians. It's God revealing something about himself to us. And revolution is a radical, sudden and complete change. In this, in this case, it's a, a sudden, radical, complete change in the nature of our relationship with God. As believers... That sudden, radical, complete change is that we go to another level in God. When we drop off the weights that hang around us like self-doubt or a lack of confidence or things like anxiety or fear or I'm not good enough, then we raise to another level, don't we? The Word tells us that we're the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. We're, we're meant to rise above the things of the world. And grace does that for us because we live in flesh suits. We can't help ourselves. In terms of the unbeliever, a revelation of grace means a sudden, radical, complete change in their relationship with God. They actually come into a relationship with God. They come to know God. They come to experience the freedom that we experience on a daily basis. They walk into the purpose that God has placed on their life. All their lives, God waiting for them to just break free, to receive Jesus and to receive grace so that he could activate their destiny. How many of you here in this church had a radical, sudden, complete change when you got saved? All of us, in whatever way. Some people's stories are really radical. Everybody's story is radical. A sudden, radical, complete change in the nature of your relationship with God. As we come into a revelation of the fact that we are loved by God, liked by God, accepted by God and forgiven by God, we can rise to another level. We can be a light in the world to people that haven't experienced that. In fact, maybe nobody in their life has given them unmerited favor. Perhaps they've never lived with that love or unforgiveness, just that grace of even of human beings. When we get a revelation of grace and we have a sudden, radical, complete change in the nature of our relationship with God, we go to another level for everybody around us and for ourselves. In fact, we go to another level for God. How many times has the grace of God carried you through something and on the other side there was something amazing? We can all relate to that, right? When the church gets a revelation of grace and there's a sudden, radical, complete change in the nature of our relationship with God, we will go to another level, we'll be a church without blemish, we'll be the glorious church. Grace is bigger than our sin. It's bigger than our mistakes. It's bigger than the doubts that we have. It's bigger than our fears. It's bigger than sickness. Grace is not a teaching. It is simply the gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ is your saviour. That when you received him as your saviour, you received grace and your whole life changed forever. 
Some of the testimonies we heard this morning were about that, about salvation. About how God took people from the darkness into the light. We don't live under the law. Jesus set us free from that, right? We don't live under the law. The law was trying to find a way for us to measure up to something. Ways to make ourselves right. It was for the, the best of us. Grace is, accepts everybody. It accepts the worst of us. And I mean the worst of us inside us as well as the worst of society. Grace covers everything. Jesus came to deliver us from the law. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 56. The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is in the law. The power of sin is in the law. You see, if we're trying to live up to something to make ourselves right with God, that's the power of sin. Grace sets us free from all of that. Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law but under grace. Sin has no authority in your life. No authority in my life. Sickness has no authority in your life. Poverty has no authority in your life. Fear has no authority in your life because we live under grace. We've been set free from all of those things. When we truly get a hold of that, we will go to another level. We'll rise above. We'll be exactly what the world's looking for. Answers, solutions. We won't be weighed down by the things of the, law, of the world. John verse one seventeen says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law was delivered by a servant. It was brought to the, uh, to the Hebrews by Moses. But grace was delivered by Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Grace is bigger than sin. It's bigger than the law. You know, this morning has been a really emotional morning. <laughs> I'm struggling a little bit with this message this morning. Not, not the message, but what we experienced this morning was a little emotional. So I apologize. I'm just going to move on to... Um, who knows Steve Apidana? Remember Steve Apidana? Steve is a singer, songwriter, worshipper, mighty man of God, radical. He used to come to this church and uh, he's, um, he's an amazing musician and he writes songs that really reveal who God is. And he wrote a song called It's Not a Miracle. Um, and I'd been a Christian, I think, one year when, when Steve came for the first time. I think it was 2007. And he sung this song, and it was something that, you know, you get a revelation of something, something strikes you, you don't forget it. This song was something that I never forgot. It's called, a, um, it's not a miracle, I'm not going to sing it, because he actually speaks it, but <laughs> you don't want to hear me sing that song. But it's the story in Luke 5, verses 17 to 26, and it's about... A man who was paralyzed, born paralyzed, who was born in the street on a pallet. And Steve, the way the song goes is that Steve speaks out as if he's that man. 
and the experience of what happened. And I'm just going to go through that, really. I'm not going to do it exactly like Steve, but I'm going to speak about that story because it reveals it's God's grace on display. And, uh, and I think it's a really, a really powerful story. And so we, we're going to call the man David. There's no name that I can see in the Bible for him. Is David a good name, Pastor Robin? Okay. <laughs> Strong name, yeah. So I want you to picture this in your, in your mind. This is, this is everybody's story with Jesus. Try and relate it to your uh, testimony of your salvation. So this man David is born into the street. He's paralyzed. He lives on a pallet. He begs for money on the street. That's the only life he's ever known. He's not educated. You know, no doubt he's got friends in the street, but they're just other people that are street people that, you know, maybe some of them have let him down. Maybe some of them have betrayed him in his life. He's paralyzed, and so he's become okay with that. Maybe he's faking it on the outside. Maybe really it kills him inside that he can't walk, he can't get up and move, but he knows nothing else because he was born that way. And you can imagine that at the time when Jesus walked the earth for that three years or 18 months of ministry, there was no Facebook, there was no Twitter, there was no Instagram, there was no media, there was no television, there weren't even newspapers, I would imagine. So when someone like Jesus arrived on the scene, it had to be communicated by word of mouth. And yet this Jesus was, was famous around that area. People knew what he was doing. They knew who he was. Whether they loved him or didn't like him, they all knew who Jesus was. And today, Jesus is the most famous name of all time. But at the time, he was preaching on the streets. We all know the stories. He was performing miracles. He was speaking the word of God. He was challenging the Pharisees, the religious people of the day. And this man's friends heard about Jesus. And so they came and saw David and they, and they said, we're going to take you to see this guy. And, and in the song, Steve says that, you know, David's sitting there and thinks, oh, I heard, you know, some gurus in town. You know, he's, he's going to heal me. Now, you can imagine religion is, is rife. Lots of people have encouraged this guy probably to get going, to get moving, to get off his pallet. And, and so it's just another situation for him to go into. And you can imagine if you're getting ready to go see some guru that these guys are saying is going to heal you, you're quite nervous about that. Maybe a little bit scared about it. And so um, on the way there, David is feeling really, really nervous about the whole situation. It's a new thing for him. You know, there's fear and panic, but there's also this hope that maybe he could be set free, that he could walk again. Maybe this guy's for real. Maybe this Jesus is the real deal. But on the way there, he's fighting that. It says in the song, Steve says that the first thing that David learned to be in life was casual. It was just to take things as they came because he had to accept what he was and who he was. So he became really casual about things. Oh, I'm going to see this guy. They reckon he'll heal me, but whatever. So he's full of doubt. When they show up at the house, Jesus is so famous, the house is full, he can't get in. Most of you will know the story. It might even be up behind me. I don't know. It is. So they get to the house and they can't get in. But these guys that are carrying him, they have so much belief in Jesus. Perhaps they've been at a meeting where they saw one of the miracles. Perhaps one of their friends told them that, man, this Jesus, I just saw him heal a leper. I saw him cast out demons. And so they've got this absolute burning faith. 
a full house and the door being blocked is not going to stop them. And so they carry this guy up onto the roof. Now you can imagine being on a pallet and you're paralyzed and you're being carried onto a roof to somewhere that you don't want to go. But you kind of do want to go on the inside. And they get up on the roof and they cut a hole in the roof. You can imagine this guy's thoughts while they're cutting the hole in the roof. You know, when I got saved, I came to this church. I, I didn't have one of those radical on-the-spot salvations. I planned my salvation two or three weeks out. I knew what date I was coming to this church. It was the 26th of March, 2006. <laughs> and I planned it. And so I had those same thoughts. I had absolutely fixed my mind on receiving Jesus as my saviour. I'd seen my brother's life change because of it. But there was some fear there was some excitement. There was a whole lot of things going on. And here's David sitting on the roof. He's about to be lowered into a building where he's been told this guru is going to heal him and he's going to walk again. And so he can hear the noise as the roof is getting opened up and the holes getting bigger. He can obviously hear the noise inside. And you can imagine whatever Jesus is saying inside, there's Pharisees in there who are arguing with him. There's other people there that are excited. There's a lot of noise inside this house. And so they start to lower David down. And all I can imagine is that embarrassment of being lowered down on a pallet in front of all of these people. If it happened now and someone came down through the roof and you're the person on the pallet, it could be quite embarrassing. So all of these emotions are filling him. Fear, excitement, panic, embarrassment. And as he gets lowered down, it says in the song that there was noise everywhere, but all he could see was Jesus. Now you imagine walking into a room, if we walked into this room and Jesus was standing in this room, imagine what it would feel like. Great. It would be overwhelming. It would be overwhelming. There'd be something about him that was different to everybody else in the room, wouldn't there? He's oozing the power of God. The atmosphere is charged. Every hair on your body would stand up. If you recognized him. And as this man was lowered into the building, he, you know, in the song it says that all he can see is Jesus and all this fear comes over him. He starts thinking about his sin. It says in the song he doesn't even know what sin is. He's only heard the word a couple of times. He starts thinking about everything he's done wrong and all he can think is that he's hurt this man, Jesus, his whole life without knowing it. It's something that he can't take back by himself. And so he's starting to get emotional. And so he closes his eyes, but when he closes his eyes, all he can see is the eyes of Jesus staring back at him inside his own mind. And when he hits the floor, Jesus walks over to pray for him, and he says, take courage, your sins are forgiven. Take courage, your sins are forgiven. And the man's overwhelmed. You can imagine that he just, he would just be a mess, because in that room, it's only him and Jesus. And when Jesus says that, the Pharisees start nothing off because they're like, how can you do that? You're just a man. How can you forgive someone's sins? And Jesus says, well, I'll make it easy for you. I'll go over and heal him as well. And so he tells him to rise up and, and walk. But if someone came in here and they were lowered in on a pallet, you know, perhaps the first thing we think to do is pray for healing because the guy couldn't walk, but Jesus applied grace first. The most important thing for him was to forgive the man's sins, to set him free, because after that, everything comes. Because once you've received grace, 
Sin has no power over you anymore. The law has no power over you anymore. Healing was just a, it was a side issue for Jesus. Once he forgave his sin, that sickness, that infirmity, whatever it was, had no power over the man anymore. And the song's called It's Not a Miracle because when David walked out and all through his life after that, people called him the miracle man. But he said, the fact that I'm walking is not the miracle. The miracle is my sins are forgiven. How big a deal is it to you that your sins are forgiven? How big a deal is it to me that my sins are forgiven, that I'm set free? Sometimes I think, I can only speak for myself, but we take it for granted that we've been set free, that we receive grace, the unmerited favor of God. The Most High God that created this whole earth loves us, accepts us just as we are, wants the best for us. In Acts 2, Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 people get saved. It's amazing, isn't it? This is the same Peter that denied Jesus three times. The same mouth that denied Jesus three times spoke a message, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and saw 3,000 people saved. Grace is bigger than sin. I, uh, I got healed in here in 2002. I wasn't a Christian at the time. I came along to support my brother because he came to this church and he used to invite me every now and again and he invited me on this day and a guy called Weston Carrier was here who used to come all the time. Powerful man of God. Um, and again, Weston Carrier. He came and people called him a healer, but how many people got saved when Weston showed up? Like it was, it was the salvation. Like the, everybody got their sins forgiven, but people got healed at the same time. But when I came, I'd, I'd actually just shifted house, and that weekend I'd hurt my back. I'd had a back injury from the age of 18. I was about, how old am I now, 31? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I was probably, I'd had back problems for 20 years. So every month for a week, my back would go out. It was just continuous. And um, I came in on that day. I got here late. So in my, in my mind afterwards, there was no chance for Weston to see who I was. There was no chance for Rich to go over Weston and say, that's my brother, he needs healing. It was none of that. I sat over here. Rich didn't even sit with me. I think he was up front. I came in late towards the end of music. And uh, at the end, Weston, what he does is he, he, he does some testimonies and then he would... Um, call out some conditions, and then he'd preach a message. Well, at the end of the message, he said, there's still someone here who needs healing. You didn't come up when, when I called your condition, and he had called my condition, and I hadn't gone up. And he came over here, and he said, you're in this section, and then he walked down the side and said, you're right in the, the, these rows here. <laughs> and, yeah, it is funny, um, because I already had my feet pointing towards the door. I thought, man, I've got through this. I'm out of here, because I didn't even know what was going to go on that day. I didn't realize Weston was going to be healing people, but before I knew it, I stood up and came up the front. I didn't know Jesus. I was still living in the world, but I still got healed. I still got healed. To me, that's amazing. We see that kind of thing all the, day, all the time, but for me, to be someone who wasn't part of the club, in my mind, this guy prays for me, and I just felt like a warm gel go through my whole body, got healed, never had another back problem for nine years after that. It was only once I started bodybuilding that I kind of, um, later that I lost, uh, that I hurt my back. Grace is bigger than sin. I just want to finish with, um, with this. We're, we're surrounded by people at the moment 
who are fearful and anxious. I don't know about you, but I'm surrounded by people who can't sleep, who are struggling with sleep, who lack confidence. I'm particularly surrounded by um, women who think so lowly of themselves it's not funny, and I'm not talking about my immediate group, but I'm talking about where I work and people I'm coming across who have just such a poor opinion of themselves and their minds are beating them up continually. The world needs to know about grace. It needs to know about the name of Jesus Christ. And sometimes when we're in our stuff, because we're not relying on God, because perhaps we haven't got a revelation of grace that is great enough to rise us up and pull us out of what we're in, it's really hard to be around those people. You know, I'm seeing people who have mental health issues it's, it's getting bigger and bigger in our society, mental health issues, who are being treated the same as everybody else. So they offend somebody, the person gets hurt and won't help them anymore. You know, if that person had a broken leg, you'd do everything you could to help them. But people have mental health issues and they, perhaps they behave badly and we just write them off. That's not grace. Grace plus revelation equals revolution. Our merited favour of God that God has shown to us is going to make a sudden, radical and complete change in the nature of our relationship with God and the nature of our relationship with the people around us. We've been put on this earth to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. What we received is not just for us, it's for those around us. And so I encourage everybody today, and I'm encouraging myself as well, to get that revelation of grace, to understand that we have been forgiven of every sin. We're good enough. We're good enough. Don't be weighed down by negativity and fear and anxiety and those things. And if you need prayer, then get prayer. But sometimes just reading your Bible and speaking to God yourself is the best thing you can do. Strengthening yourself in the Lord, same as David did, will be a part of what happened this morning where we heard some amazing testimonies. I want to finish there. Um, I truly believe that grace, grace is going to be the foundation of the next revival on this earth. Pastor Robin speaks about the glory of God hitting this earth. Uh, before Jesus comes back, I, I fully believe that. I've always believed that. Not just because she says it, but I believe it if she said it. Even though I don't believe it, I go, Pastor Robin said it, so it's true. <laughs> but I fully believe it, and I believe it's going to come through grace. Because when you receive grace, repentance happens, right? So, Father, we thank you, Lord, Father God, for a revelation of grace, Lord God, for a revelation that you love us, you forgive us, you accept us, that we have your unmerited favor. Father, in everything that we do, Everywhere that we go, every atmosphere that we go into, Lord Father God, we change it because we understand grace, because we understand that we are children of the Most High God, that we are a part of the royal priesthood, that where we go, we carry the power of God, that we change the atmosphere in every room we walk into. Father, I thank you, Lord Father God, for a revelation that we're different because we know you. Father, that when we pray, it is done, Lord God, that we have the power and the anointing to heal people, Lord Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ. That, that you are the answer to every question that this world has. And Father, we are your body. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord God, that this church is activated, that every person in this room, Lord Father God, leaves here different today. Father, that there's a boldness and a courage on us, Lord God, that like never before, a heart for people. That as our life has changed, we want to see their lives change, just like you do, Lord Father God. Hit us with your kind of love, that unconditional love for people, Lord God. Who else can people turn to but us, Lord God? And so, Father, I pray that we start in our own families, our workplaces, and the people around us. 
I thank you, Father, that you have nothing but good things for this church. Father, it's been spoken over this church that we will be a refuge and a sanctuary for the lost, Lord God. Father, I thank you, Lord Father God, that your people here have a revelation of grace so that when those people arrive, Lord God, we just love them into the kingdom. We just know how to love on them and look after them, Lord Father God. We're not moved. We're not judgmental. We're not critical, Lord God. But we're your body, filled with your love. Father, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Father, I lift up our pastors today, Lord God, Pastor Peter and Pastor Lisa, as they travel, Lord God. Father, I thank you that you keep them safe, Lord Father God. We're so grateful for them. Father, I thank you that you just hit them with visions of our future, Lord God, of the future that you want for this church and this community, Lord God. Father, we just pray blessing over them, Lord God, prosperity and favor and everything they put their hands to in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, yeah, yoo-hoo. <laughs>